Well, hello everybody and happy Good Friday. I love those testimonies we've just seen and the stories of lives that have been transformed from all different backgrounds, but have come into a relationship with God. And it's our prayer here at C3 Powerhouse that you too come into that relationship that God created you for. And this is a different experience for many of you. Maybe it's the first time you've been to a church service like this. Well, it is for most of us in terms of online, but the first time you've actually tuned in to a church service. Maybe your friend's been uh, saying for years, why don't you come to church? And today you didn't come to church, church came to you. And I'm so glad that you're with us. Uh, it was great to share communion together online. And I, I'm just imagining in houses all, all around the country, people are like, oh, we need, we need some juice. Does, does kombucha count? Does that, mom, mom, can we use kombucha? Can, can we use a biscuit for bread? Whatever, whatever you used, it doesn't matter because it's symbolic of that blood shed for us, that bread broken for us. And probably, to be honest, often in church we have these little wafers and sometimes they do taste a little bit like cardboard. So I'm sure whatever you had tasted pretty good. Uh, what we were reflecting there was the Thursday night, the, what we call the Last Supper. Uh, you might have referred to it as the Eucharist or, or communion. It was the Thursday night where Jesus got together with his disciples before going into the Friday where he was crucified. The Bible tells us he was crucified at nine in the morning uh, and over a six hour period of time it took for him to die. But the Thursday night was the, the last supper. It was the celebration moment. It was the time and it's recorded in the book of John. It goes across four different chapters, from John chapter 13 to John chapter 17. And it's this time that Jesus got with his disciples in the upper room and, and they met together. He washed their feet because they were only the disciples in the room. And so to demonstrate true servanthood, he washed their feet. And then Judas actually talked about or left the room because Jesus predicted he would be betraying him. And so Judas escaped escaped out of the room and Peter said I'll never deny you Jesus and and Jesus said before it's morning time before the rooster crows tomorrow morning you would have denied me and Peter said no it would never happen and after this Jesus began a conversation and it's a beautiful conversation it's a an intimate conversation a discourse a teaching around things that were to come. Jesus revealed so much about what was about to happen, about his heart for his disciples and the disciples like you and I in the future, and all that was going to happen in the next 24 hours. In the middle of this conversation with his disciples around the table, Jesus makes this statement. It's in John chapter 14, verse 27. He says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give you is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. The message I want to share with us on this Good Friday is the promise of peace. On Resurrection Sunday, the, the first moment when Jesus rose from the dead, uh, a few days later as he walked through walls in his resurrected body into a room where the disciples were hiding with locked doors, fearful for their life. He walked through the wall, literally because he's in his eternal body, and his first words again was, peace to you. Now I'm not sure uh, if he was saying, calm down, everything's okay. I, I imagine that they would have absolutely freaked out when Jesus walked into the room and they needed to hear those words, peace to you. But the words peace is quite a theme of the New Testament. It's a, it's a theme of the life of Jesus. He was described as the Prince of Peace. 
And so he's telling his disciples here, I'm going to give you a gift of peace. And those words echo on from that moment to now that God wants to give you and I a gift of peace. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm sure there's been moments and times we've all experienced peace, peaceful circumstances. Whether it was the peace of watching the sunrise on a crisp morning out across the ocean and you've sat there and like, this is so peaceful. Whether you went through all the effort to get to the top of some kind of mountain and you've sat and you've looked out at a view on your own or with a friend and you've gone, wow, how peaceful is this? Uh, Maybe you're a parent in some kind of isolation or lockdown right now and the kids have been driving you crazy and you've finally got the last one off to sleep and you're like, finally, some peace and quiet. Or maybe you just went to the toilet, locked the door and just, oh, leave me alone, peace, I've got some peace. Uh, whatever, whatever that is, it's circumstantial peace, it's, it's situational peace, it's, it's everything that's sort of lining up. And just like the iconic Aussie, Dale Kerrigan in the castle, we go into Bonnie Doon, he's like, how's the serenity at Bonnie Doon? And that's, that's the Aussie ideal of peace, how's the serenity? It's beautiful. The thing about that kind of peace is it's circumstantial. It's where everything lines up and, and things are good and you can, and everything's, nothing's disturbing. No, there's no anxiety, no fear, no worry. It's just, it's peaceful circumstances. I like one version of the Bible that talks about what Jesus said. He says, I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace, not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace, not the kind of fragile peace. I, I like that description. I, I think peace or the, the world's peace can be so fragile. It can be so circumstantial. It's, it's the sense that one minute it's good and the next minute it's not so good. I had that experience this morning. I was having my second cup of coffee. I was looking off my, my balcony and just looking at a lovely view. I'd read my Bible. I'm literally thinking about this message. I'm thinking this is such a peaceful situation. Had a sip of my coffee, put it on the table, hooked my finger on it and poured it all over my Bible and my my legs and the floor. What is it with me and coffee? I seem to be either throwing it on the floor or tipping it everywhere. And suddenly the peaceful circumstances changed and I wasn't feeling peaceful anymore because circumstantial peace is fragile. It can go and it can come just like that. It can be disrupted quite easily. So when Jesus made this statement to the 11 disciples left in the room, I'm giving you the perfect gift of peace. He wasn't saying, hey guys, your life's going to be rainbows and unicorns from now on. He wasn't saying everything's going to be perfect. Everything's going to be lined up. You'll never have a problem in the world. I'm giving you circumstantial peace. That's not what he's talking about. I mean, if you follow the story of every one of those disciples, 10 of the 11 end up uh, in all different parts of the world being martyred for Jesus. I mean, their, their lives ended up in a horrible physical situations. They were, they were crucified. Some of them were killed by stones being thrown at them. Some of them were speared. Uh, they went, uh, his, uh, history tells us that they literally drew lots. Uh, historians tell us some great cr- tradition that they literally threw lots to say, what part of the world are we all going to, to go and tell this good news about Jesus? And they went and they were persecuted for it. Church scholars tell us that Peter made a choice to be crucified upside down because he said, I'm not worthy to be crucified the way Jesus was crucified. 
I'm not worthy of it. So, so Jesus wasn't saying, I'm, giving, I'm going to give you circumstantial peace. He wasn't saying your life's going to be easy, your life's going to be perfect. He was talking about something else, a kind of peace that's much deeper than circumstances, a kind of peace that, that passes all of what the world has to offer. He was talking about peace at the deepest possible level. A gift of peace that's available to you and to I that's not available from anything that the world can offer us. He was talking about a spiritual peace. I'm not sure if you've ever been in a situation, I'm, sh I'm sure you probably have actually, where you've had some conflict going on with somebody. Uh, something went wrong, you got into an argument or you've been estranged. And, and I know I've been in circumstances where there's some conflict with people close to me and, and I find myself sitting in a circumstantial, beautiful situation, but there's a churning going on on the inside of me because I can feel this conflict and I'm unsettled. I, I, I'm, I'm anxious on the inside to get resolution even though everything around me is good. Something's unresolved and it's weighing heavily on me. And that's a, not an uncommon thing to have a physical sense of peace, but a, in our soul, turmoil. Well, your spirit is even deeper than your soul. And the Bible teaches us this, that when we live our own way and we turn our back on God, it causes an inner conflict with God, a spiritual separation from God. The Bible actually says it's like where we've become enemies of God because we're, we're cut off from Him for, because of our sin and doing things different. This conflict that we have on the inside is a deep kind of conflict. The reason so many of us don't have a true inner peace is because of this inner conflict. It's because we're created to be in relationship with God. We're created to be in relationship with our Heavenly Father. But because of our sin, because of our rejection of Him, we've been cut off from Him and there's this deep inner conflict that, that many of us, we're not really aware it's there. We just know there's something going on that just isn't quite right on the inside. And we can try through circumstances, we can try through achievements, we can try through different experiences, different relationships, possessions, to try and mask the ache that, that is in every human heart. We can try and deal with it because the only thing that's going to fulfill it is a connection to God and we can try and fill it with everything else. We can, we can tell ourselves that, well, this, this sort of emptiness that I feel underneath all those other things that are good, it's... It's okay. We can, we can tell ourselves it's just normal. Everybody's like this. But it's not true. It's not the way that we're created to be. When someone's connected with God, that emptiness goes away. I remember sitting on a bus as a primary school kid. And I'm literally, it's, it's vivid in my mind as I sat there turning to some kids just behind me on the bus. And I was rubbing my tongue over a tooth in the roof of my mouth. Yes, that's right. As a, as, a, as a young kid, I had a tooth in the roof of my mouth. Like a, it was like an icicle coming out of the roof of my mouth. It was like a little unicorn coming down. I don't know, weird, right? Well, I didn't know it was weird. I thought everybody had a tooth in the, a tooth in the roof of their mouth. Don't say that so quickly. A tooth in the roof. I thought everybody had that. And I remember, so I'm turning around on the school bus, talking to these guys, saying, because saying, it's really annoying my tongue, this sharp tooth. Doesn't that tooth in the roof of your mouth really annoy you? And they looked at me and like, what? Like I was crazy because obviously I was because no one else had it. They're like, what, what do you mean? And I told them and then they're like, no, we don't. And I went around the, the bus. 
No one's got, no one else has got this. It's just you. And suddenly I've gone from thinking, oh, this is normal to, oh, this is not normal. This is not normal. And I went through a painful experience that put a fear of dentist in me that I've overcome since then. But I had that tooth removed. And so often we can think that this emptiness that we have, that we try to fill with everything else, is normal. But I want to tell you today, it's not normal. It's not how you were created. You're created for a relationship with God. That emptiness, that ache, that lack of peace at a deep level, that sense of inner conflict that we try and cover over is not normal. And that's what Good Friday is all about. God sent Jesus. He sent him to be crucified. He sent him to, to go through a horrific death, a horrible death of, of betrayal, of abandonment, of rejection, of, of people uh, turning their back on him. And God let Jesus go through that so that that lack of peace we feel could be turned around with Christ. I want to read a scripture here in Romans chapter 5, verse 8 to 11. It says this, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God, I love that expression, our friendship with God, we're created for friendship with God, was restored by the death. What happened on Good Friday was the death of his son. While we were still his enemies, while we were still in conflict with God, while we were still running our own way, while we were still doing things our way, while that was going on, he sent Jesus. We will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. I love this. The reason Jesus gave himself to be crucified. The reason he was tortured, humiliated, scourged, went through a painful death that is unimaginable. The reason he chose to go through that, although he was God, was so that this thing, your sin and my sin, that was causing conflict between us and God, could be dealt with once and for all. The Bible makes it very clear that if we would only just look to God, if we would only just turn our hearts to God, then in a moment, he will flood us with a peace. I'm going to ask our keyboarders to come right now. I love those testimonies of those nine people who shared their story. And what I love is that each of them had a very different background. Some were raised in a traditional kind of church. Some in a beautiful Christian family. Some's experience of church was just watching people walk in and out of this building, but never actually connected. And I love that no matter what our spiritual background that God makes a way, a door that all of us can walk through into relationship with Him. And His name is Jesus. And I'm wondering today, wherever you are, as you're watching this service, maybe your friends invited you or someone said, come along, you should check this out. I'm wondering, as we've been stripped back of all of the things that often fulfill us, maybe it's going to the gym, maybe it's Maybe it's hanging out with friends. Maybe it's parties. Maybe it's sport. Maybe it's, maybe it's you know, your workplace. And suddenly all these things, these circumstances have changed that kind of filled us a little bit. But we find ourselves right now feeling empty. I want to tell you this great news, that in the midst of your circumstances not being perfect, 
Jesus wants to give you the gift of peace. And he wants to flood it into your heart. Over and over again, this is what I've found. I've been a pastor for about 20 years. And I've seen so many people, like the ones you saw earlier, who aren't in relationship with God, pray a simple prayer, turning hearts towards heaven and saying, God, would you come into my life and would you forgive me of my sin? I've watched people pray that. And in in that moment, I've heard people describe what it's like to connect with God. And over and over, I think there's been two things that I've heard time and time again as people have come into relationship with God. The, The first one is this kind of idea. I felt a weight lift off me that I didn't even realize was there. That weight is the burden of our sin and separation from God. And as people have invited Christ into their life, that weight's gone off. And the other thing I've heard more than I've heard anything else is suddenly when I let God come in, when I said sorry for my sin, I I had a flooding peace come into my heart that I couldn't describe. It was like everything was okay. That's the peace, the gift that Jesus wants to give. And I'd love today to lead you in a prayer that won't change your circumstances so that they're suddenly perfect. God will be a helper in time of need and God can turn circumstances around. I've seen Him do it time and time again. But what you need right now is not God to turn your circumstance around. What you and I need right now is the gift of peace that only comes from Jesus.